Friends, you are here for episode 83 of the Love Your People Well podcast. And we have been talking over the last few weeks about summertime, summer break, summer vacation, how to really make sure we can enjoy this time with our family. And our conversation today is not exclusive to the summertime, but it is a topic that comes up more frequently. It's a little bit more front and center during the summer. And so I thought now would be a really natural time for us to talk about it. We are going to dive in today to the wonderful world of technology. That's right. We are going to talk about screen time and specifically, how is screen time impacting your family, your marriage, your kids, yourself, and what are some practical tips for what you can do about it? If you're not happy with what screen time looks like for your family, or you're maybe a little bit concerned, maybe that's just at summer when people have a little more freedom, a little more boredom. They want to plop down in front of the video games, the tablet, the computer, the TV, or maybe this is a general concern for your family. You want to be intentional. Screens are not going anywhere. Let's all be honest. And we're not just talking today about social media. That is its own special beast. There are some pros, there are some cons. Uh, We probably lean a little more toward the cons and the negative side of social media. But I'm not specifically diving into that today. I want us to think a little bit broader about screen time in general. Video games, tablets, pulling out the phone. Anytime you or your loved ones are looking at a screen, are we really understanding the possible impact that that's having on us as individuals, but also in our family dynamic? So we're going to talk through this today, and I know it will be a really helpful conversation at any time of year, but again, it might be particularly helpful in the summer as you're trying to keep your kids entertained, as you're trying to fill their time. We want to make sure if they have access to screen time, that that's done intentionally and that you are aware of the possible impacts. So with all of this in mind, my friends, let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships relationship with him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Now, I mentioned in our introduction that we are not specifically looking at social media today, um, but we do have an earlier episode on the podcast about social media, some of the pros and cons of being engaged on social media. That is episode 36. So I did want to highlight that in case that is the specific type of screen time and technology use that you're worried about. You might want to circle back and listen to episode 36 for some of the pros and cons about social media in particular. Um, And we do actually have an even earlier episode, episode 14. The title does not give it away (laughs) because it's about your morning routine and what that looks like. But there was a big emphasis on screen time and technology back in episode 14 as well. So if our conversation today is helpful and maybe it's sparking some some ideas or some conviction or some thoughts for you, those might be some other episodes that you want to circle back to as well. 
Let me remind you as well that we have a special discount code right now, just for the month of June 2022. If you use the code Summer Break, that's all one word, Summer Break, in the Love Your People Well Etsy shop, you will get 25% off any product. Um, I particularly wanted to offer that as we are kicking off this summer because there are a lot of summertime related um, tools and activities, some Father's Day stuff, like a lot of good stuff. It's all uh, very cheap, very practical. That's the whole point of the shop is to have quick practical tools that will help you and your family. So head over to the Love Your People Well Etsy shop and use discount code SUMMERBREAK during the month of June to get 25% off any product that you are interested in, even if it's not summertime related. I did not feel like going to the effort of just specifying <laughs> which listings to put on sale and not put on sale. And you know what? A prayer journal, that might really be what you need this summer. Who am I to say what your summer is going to look like? So whatever catches your eye, that might be a great opportunity to try something new. Uh, let's see. Wait, there's one other thing. Yes, friends. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot. This is Pregnancy Brain in its finest. Every single episode, I give my disclaimer. And then I almost forgot to do it right now as we're diving into the world of screen time. Oh my. Well, here it is, friends. I'm a therapist. Yeah, if you've never listened to this episode before, this show before, I am a therapist, a licensed counselor and marriage and family therapist in South Carolina. As you might imagine, screen time and technology is coming up more and more in the counseling room. But... I do always like to give this disclaimer just because this podcast is not therapy. I am not your therapist, your family's therapist. And so I'd never want you to take this as personal or professional advice that is specific to you. Um, simply as helpful information based on my experience, based on my personal life. Um, and we do have some earlier episodes about counseling, how to get connected with a great counselor. There are always links for that in the um, description of this episode or on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling. You can find out a lot more if you think screen time might be a problem that's leading you toward um, some counseling help for you or your family. All right, friends, let's jump in to this really, uh, I, I'm going to say fun. Let's, let's try to be optimistic here. Fun conversation about screen time. Because it really is a topic that we can get so quickly negative about. We just, I think most of us kind of automatically assume, well, screen time is probably bad. We're probably getting too much of it. It's probably having a negative impact. I wish we had other things to entertain ourselves or our kids with. A lot of us really struggle with feeling guilty about the amount of screen time or the way that screens are being used in our home. And I don't think that always has to be the case most likely you're listening to this podcast through some sort of screen. Now you might not be looking at it. That is the beauty of an audio podcast, but you had to engage with a screen in order to hit play on today's episode. So we absolutely cannot say screen time is always bad time. There are plenty of really helpful things that can come through technology, through our smartphone, through our tablets, um, even through video gaming or watching movies, there's always some good and there's always some bad. The important thing really that I want us to hit home on today is that we need to be realistic about the impact, the good and the bad impact that screens are having 
on us as individuals and on our relationships. So let's start, um, well, let me just, before we really kick in to some of those ways it's impacting us, let me also just remind us that different, different ways that we use screen time or technology are probably going to impact us differently. If you're getting on your computer to open a Word document, Google Docs, Microsoft Word, whatever, because you're going to type up, uh, you're going to write a book, you're going to type a letter to someone, whatever, that's going to be a very different screen time interaction compared with your 15-year-old who's using his screen to play video games, compared with your 13-year-old who's pulling out her phone to get on Instagram because, hey, she hit the magic number 13 and now she has a social media account, compared with you're sitting at work all day, zoned out in front of the computer, or you're coming home at night, zoned out in front of the TV. These are all screens, but yes, they are going to impact us in some similar ways, but also in some different ways. So as we talk through some of these impacts of screen time, it would probably be most helpful if you're thinking about your family. How do you use screens in your home? Where are you comfortable with that? Where are you probably uncomfortable with that? And then we will, as I said before, switch gears a little bit and talk about what can you do if you are a little uncomfortable or you want to change what screen time looks like. But one impact that we all need to be aware of, no matter what type of screen it is or what you're using it for, if you're sitting down to write the world's best novel in your documents or you're on social media or you're video gaming or whatever it is, screen time has a way of sucking us in. Something about the the lights, you know, you could talk about blue light and are you on a screen before you go to bed? Well, that's going to impact you. <laughs> but something about the screen itself, the lighting of it, typically there's something on the screen that is moving, even when you're just writing a document, you know, the words are showing up across the page and it really has a way of sucking our attention away from the world around us. Now that might be bad, that might be good, but we need to be realistic that that is happening. And when we think about the impact on our family, this one can sometimes be bigger than we think it is, especially for ourselves. Whenever I pull out my phone or pull out my computer or I'm doing something in front of a screen, I might think very naturally and very genuinely that it's barely a distraction. You know, I know that I'm listening to my kids or I know I can see them out of my the corner of my eye. If something's going on, I'm going to respond to it. And that's true. But it's really easy to underestimate how much the screen I'm looking at is actually distracting me from my kids or whatever it is that's going on around me. We always think about this when we, you know, if you're maybe on a date night and your husband pulls out his phone while you're having a conversation, you're going to notice that because you know your attention is no longer 100% on me. Even if it's only 5%, it's now on your phone or whatever technology, whatever screen you're looking at. And 5% would be a really optimistic perspective there. Screens have a way of stealing our attention. Now, that might be helpful if you really need to buckle down and focus on your work. You're writing that great American novel or whatever it is. You're working on something 
uh, there can be a helpful element there. Like I'm, I'm less distracted by the stuff going on around me. I'm kind of zoomed in, but that's not necessarily what we want when we are spending time with our family, when we have other things that we want to be doing. Um, now, of course, as you look at how you're using the screen, if you're not just writing that great American novel, or maybe even with that, but video games, social media, a lot of screen time, not only does the screen itself suck our attention away from the world around us, but also the activity we're doing on it. Many of those are designed specifically to keep us involved and engaged and paying attention to it, to the app on your phone or whatever it is, more so than the world around us. So we can very easily spend more time than we intend and often more time than we even think we're actually spending on our screens. It has a big impact on us individually, but absolutely on our relationships. And this might be something I'm not at all trying to make an excuse for your kids when you tell them, you know, take out the trash or go feed the dog or whatever, and it feels like they're ignoring you, that's a problem. You definitely need to deal with it. But it's probably helpful also to be realistic that if your kid is ignoring you and they're on a screen, that's probably part of the difficulty. Now, do they need to learn how to manage that in life? Of course they do. But you uh, getting in front of the screen or somehow turning their eyeballs away from the screen and toward you, you're going to get a better response. Now, I don't mean better as in they're happy about that, but then you are are more confident they actually hear you. They're actually paying attention to you because the screen is sucking their attention away. Now, let's talk about some other impacts on you as an individual, as well as the other individuals in your home, your kids, your husband. Screen time has a way of creating a sense of, of self-focus and materialism and consumerism, even when we're using a screen for very appropriate purposes for work or to write that great American novel or whatever it might be to send an email to a friend, you know, these are not bad uses of screen time, but in part because it is sucking our attention in a very specific place. And if you're anywhere on the internet, there's going to be ads popping up at you. There's going to be all this other stimuli coming at you that you might not intend, you might not be paying attention to, but it's there. Your brain has to filter it to some degree or another. And screens, because they come as a package deal with technology, they tend to cost money. You have spent money on the laptop you use, the tablet you use, the phones that you're using, whether that's 100% at work, but pretty typically we have something about that in our home And it can very easily, especially for our kids, become a sense of, you know, I need the newer and better. I need the bigger screen. I need the HD instead of that old school stuff that, you know, you can barely watch a movie on a regular TV. We can so easily start to upgrade our expectations of what we need, of what we think we deserve based on screen time, in part because Even if we think about we're using it for work or we're using it for these very good purposes, if we're using it a lot, well, we want it to be as convenient as possible, as comfortable as possible. And a bigger screen makes that happen or a better quality of the pixels makes that happen. And so we need to be aware that the more time we're spending on screens, 
the more likely it is we're going to see a struggle with materialism, consumerism, self-focus, all of these isms <laughs> that tend to not be the things we actually want to value and instill in our kids and in our home. But screens often do impact us in that way. Now, of course, that may not be true for you. It may not be true for your family, but it is very commonly true. And so it is something that you need to be aware of and intentional about. Another aspect of screen time, and again, this is from social media to the document that you're writing to your emails, all of the above, screens change the way that our brains respond to stimuli. Now, this is probably more escalated if you're thinking about video games or social media. You know, you get that dopamine hit every time you get a like on Instagram, um, every time your kid like extends their Snapchat, uh, what is it, streaks or you know, all the things, every time your TikTok video gets another view. There is a hit of dopamine in your brain. You are chemically responding to that in a way that makes you want to stay on the screen and connect with those people. But even our documents or emails or things that might feel very neutral, and they might genuinely be neutral, it is changing how your brain responds to stimuli. You see, as I type these letters on my keyboard, I can see it showing up on the screen well, that's different than picking up a pen and a piece of paper and writing it down. There is plenty of research in the education field about how physically writing things down is a very different way of processing information and remembering information compared with typing it out. Let alone, if you've been to a conference recently or even at church, you'll see people taking pictures with their phone of the PowerPoint slide or whatever it is. That's even less engagement with the actual material. And so we cannot think that our brain is going to respond to those three different methods of bringing in information in the same way. It's just not going to happen. So screen time is changing how your brain responds to stimuli. We have seen an increase in diagnoses like ADHD. Um, as a counselor, I can definitely say I have seen that the more people the more time people are spending on screens on technology it's changing their expectations their thought processes we tend to have a higher sense of that like i need immediate gratification we can't wait as long and yes part of that is social media and some of the specific uses of technology but screens in general because of the way they engage us, they suck our attention, um, they shift what it is that we're expecting to happen. When I move my fingers and type some keys, you know, have you ever had that experience where you're like, you're writing a document or an email and for some reason your computer is just lagging behind? So you know, I've typed a whole sentence and then you can slowly watch it appear on the screen letter by letter by letter. Now, maybe that's just me with some old tech, but... I think that's pretty common. And I get really frustrated. It should be an amazing thing that I can move my fingers and see this thing show up on a screen and then I can email it to someone on the other side of the world. But instead, I get frustrated because it's slower than I think it should be. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, that may not have happened to you, but that has definitely happened to me. My brain, my expectations have changed because of using screens and the 
the the simplicity they offer in many ways, the advantages they offer in many ways, it starts to change what I expect in the future. Now, alongside that, there is a positive impact here that screens typically give more opportunity for us to meet our own or our kids' various learning styles and engage them in different ways than might be traditional from, you know, going to school and opening your textbook or sitting at home and opening a book or, you know, books and writing. Those are wonderful. I love reading books. I love writing. But many kids especially are very visual, very kinetic. They need to physically be doing something. And so engaging with screens and the things that we can find through the internet, through online schooling, all these different things, that can give an opportunity for learning styles to be met in a different way or for people to engage with information in a different way. Um, So again, it can be good. It can be really helpful. If you're homeschooling, your screens could be used in some wonderful ways. Even if you're in public school or private school, that could be true. We need to not, again, not throw the baby out with the bathwater, not think any and all screens are evil, but we need to recognize the good and recognize the bad and find some ways for our family to limit the bad and emphasize the good. But let's talk about two other, maybe more individual impacts of screen time, and then we'll talk about a few family relationship impacts. So um, particularly when we think about uh, using screens for social connection, whether that's social media, you know, TikTok or Instagram or whatever, um, even something more like a Google search or a Pinterest search, screens that are connecting us with other people, video games often do this, you're, you're able to talk or chat with people from around the world. All of these social aspects of screens tend to be linked with issues like loneliness, anxiety, and depression. Some of these mental health concerns are influenced by screen time. And again, that that tends to lean a little more toward the social aspects of screen time, social media or things like that. But it absolutely can happen even with just checking your email, using some Word documents. um, There's a thousand different things that you can do with a screen. But even the things that are less social in part because they're sucking your attention away, you're spending more time on it than you think you are or than you intend to, it's changing how your brain is responding. Loneliness, anxiety, depression, some of these poor mental health outcomes do tend to be increased as our screen time is increased. And when we think about it, that makes sense. You're not spending as much time as a family if you're stuck in front of your computer. Even if you're all having dinner together, if everyone's on their phone, you're not going to feel as connected. You're more likely to struggle with some loneliness, with some depression. And especially for the younger generations where screen times and technology are just so natural for them. Um, I think they call them digital natives these days. (laughs) Like they didn't have to learn anything. It It was simply a part of life for their entire life. Many of those kids struggle to have face-to-face dialogues with people, whether that's peers or parents or other people, um, other adults. And if you're struggling and you feel like, "I, I don't know how to talk about this, I don't know who to go to, I don't know how to look someone in the eye while I tell them something difficult, well, then your anxiety, your depression, or other concerns are likely to increase simply because you don't have 
the skills or the experience to take that to someone else who could help you with it. Now, yes, even when we add in the internet and all the stuff you can access online, you also might be trying to find some help and getting some really bad information or advice. That is an additional concern here. But when we think about the impact, whether it's you, your husband, your kids, any individual who is spending more time on screens is more likely to struggle with loneliness, with depression, with anxiety, and really with a host of other mental struggles. And similar to that, we also see typically the more screen time you have, whether that's social or documents or whatever, the more time you are on a screen, typically the less you are experiencing um, gratitude or contentment, uh, you're a lot more likely to struggle with things like jealousy, um, body image issues, maybe particularly for social media and particularly for girls. There's a lot of research about that recently. These are all issues that come up more frequently and more severely when we have a lot of screen time. But again, all of these different factors fit together and they don't happen for everyone. Certainly you can be a very thankful and content person and have a full-time job where you're on your computer all day long. It is not an automatic recipe for having problems, but it is likely to impact you. If you are maintaining that level of contentment and gratitude in life, it's probably because of some other things that are going on, some other habits you have, spiritual disciplines, ways you're engaging in your relationships, um, and even ways that you are using the actual technology. So we're just highlighting some possible impacts that you want to assess, you want to be aware of for yourself and your family. And as we turn a little bit to think more specifically about the family relationships and how they are impacted by screen time, one of them, maybe one of the big ones, is that you have less time together as a family when there is more time spent on screens. Now, yes, your family might have a weekly movie night. You might have you know, a TV show that you're all binge watching together. You might even sit down and play together on your video games or whatever that looks like. But number one, you're going to be engaging a little bit differently because now it's we're all together, but we're engaging with the screen or the show or whatever it is, the content that we're watching. We're sharing the experience, but we're not face to face while we're doing that. We're engaging with each other in a different way when our family time is around a screen. Now, is that bad? Is that good? Probably depends on the quantity of how often you're doing it, the other things that you have for family time. But please do be aware it is impacting what your family time looks like, either how often you're together as a family, um, you're actually together, like we're not sitting around the table together all on our phones, we're actually around the table together having a conversation. But it also impacts how you're engaging with each other, even when you're sharing an experience through a screen. We also really, this is probably especially true. Well, no, I take that back. I was going to say, especially true as parents thinking about our kids. Uh, but I'm a marriage therapist. I have worked with a lot of couples and seen the huge impact that screens have on a marriage. So I would not say this is mostly true for parenting. It's a little different when we think about our husband versus our kids. 
But screens, and specifically the internet, it gives us access to all the good and all the evil in the world. Now, you might have filters, and I hope you do, on your kids' phones or computers or things like that. But at the end of the day, once you have a smartphone, you have a computer in your pocket that you can access anything you want, anywhere you want, from anywhere you want, with probably very little information, or at least genuine information, about why it's there, who's giving you that information, what the value is for it. And, you know, I mean, we get bored, we pull out our phone. How often are you in line at the grocery store talking with someone? Unless it's your own kid, maybe, who came with you. Most likely, people are pulling out their phone. You have a spare 30 seconds, we pull out our phone. You come home at the end of the day, the chores are all done, you feel like you need to relax, we sit in front of the TV. That's not, again, these are not inherently bad things, but screens, and specifically the internet, gives us access to everything, the good and the bad. And yes, that's going to impact us individually, for sure, but especially within our relationships, we can sometimes think that Our kids only have access to the information we are giving them, that we are are monitoring that, supervising that, controlling that, and even our husbands and ourselves. We think we have this high level of control or at least awareness about what they're accessing, when they're accessing it, why we're accessing it. But the reality is it's always there. And to avoid the evil parts of what you would find on the internet, we have to be very intentional. We have to buy the filter and set it up on our phone. We have to fill our time and our thoughts with activities other than pulling out the phone, pulling out the computer, plopping down in front of the TV. We can do that, but we have to be more intentional about it. And that changes our relationships. When we think we have a high level of oversight or awareness of what's happening, And in reality, we don't necessarily have all of that. We are now shifting the dynamic in the relationship. We're going to miss important conversations simply because we don't know that we need to have them. We're going to possibly see some some of these individual impacts on ourselves, our kids, our husband, and we may not know where that's coming from. And it might very easily be from something they saw, whether it was an ad that popped up or, hey, somebody sent me this text and I clicked on it and now I wish I hadn't. We can stumble across so much and our kids do it and our husbands do it and we do it ourselves and we don't necessarily take all of that back to have a dialogue about it as a family. Now, there's a lot of reasons why that happens, but the simple reality is it happens because these things that we stumble across are often awkward to talk about. We know we shouldn't have, or we know we, you know, we may wish that we hadn't. We might feel guilty about that. We might feel guilty about our reaction when we saw it or read it. And it's hard to bring those things back to a conversation, back to a person who you might love and trust, but you know this information is going to upset them or it's going to disappoint them. You don't know how to say it. And so that access that we have through the screen, into the entire world, which we know is broken and messed up. And we know there is an enemy out there trying to get hold of our children's hearts, trying to ruin our marriages, trying to lead us into loneliness, anxiety, and depression. When we encounter all of that, 
we need to take it back and have conversation and process it together and have maybe forgiveness or maybe change the filters or some action might need to be taken, some comfort might need to be given. And many times that either doesn't happen or it happens really slowly or kind of past the best possible opportunity to talk about it. And so all of that access, it's going to impact you individually, but it's absolutely going to impact your family relationships. But let me close out our conversation about impact by also acknowledging all of that access that we get. Again, this is this is more through the internet than anything else, although that, you know, that would include emails. That would include, hey, I wrote a document, I wrote the Great American Novel, and then I sent it off to Amazon to have it published <laughs> or whatever it is. Pretty much anything we do on a screen at some point is going to connect to the internet and the larger world. But all of that access, it also gives incredible opportunity to make an impact. And this, again, this is true individually, certainly, but it's really particularly true as a family that you and your husband have a chance to connect with marriage mentors who might have moved away from you. And you have a chance to connect with marriage ministries online, whether that's a podcast or a blog or a video conference, whatever it might be. You have access to all sorts of resources that can bless and enhance and strengthen and encourage your relationships. The same is true for your kids. Even thinking about volunteer opportunities, would that look different online? Of course it does. But your kids can be so involved. If you want to research, you know, what charity are we going to give to this month? We're sponsoring a kid in Peru. Let's learn about Peru or let's reach out to this child. There are so many opportunities that come to us through the screen, but especially through the internet, that can be wonderful opportunities to give back, to help others, to grow and nurture your own relationships. Again, because we have access to, yes, all the evil that we don't want to see in the world, but also all the good. A lot of this comes down to not so much the screen itself is good or bad, but how are we using our screens What limits are we setting on it? How are we thinking about it, processing it, incorporating our family values into how we're using it? It is, it's neutral in a way. (laughs) Now we can make an argument, especially for social media and some of that. How neutral is it? Because people are developing these uh, for specific purposes that serve their business more so than you and your family. But that's true of every business. That's true of every type of technology. (laughs) And at the end of the day, Pretty much everything could be used for good, could be used for evil, and it is impacting you one way or the other. For good or for bad, it's having an impact. But let's close out today thinking about what can you do? You can't necessarily change the reality that screens are going to suck your attention, that they're going to influence your focus, your sense of materialism or consumerism. Uh, You can't necessarily change the fact that screens impact your brain, how your brain responds to stimuli. You can't, I mean, you can influence, but you can't totally erase the fact that screens impact mental health, they impact relationships, they impact quality time, all these things that we've just talked about. But you can be intentional with how you use screens for yourself and in your home. So one of those very particular action steps is to set limits on technology in your home. 
And I don't just mean time spent on technology. Uh, that's a really common thing with kids, especially that will have like, you can have X, X minutes of screen time today, or after you do your homework, you get to have some screen time. And we set boundaries around the quantity of time spent on the screen. That can be great. <laughs> that can be really helpful. But you can also limit the actual devices in your home that provide a screen. Do you have five TVs? or one TV? Does everyone have a smartphone? Or just mom and dad? Do we all have a tablet? Or do we have one computer set up in the living room? I mean, that's old school, y'all, but people do it. People still do it. And just a little insert here, specifically thinking about your marriage. There are statistics out there that show higher levels of marital satisfaction if you do not have a television in your bedroom. Now, if you have a TV in your bedroom, are you doomed? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Uh, I'm pretty sure my parents have a TV in their bedroom. Whereas me and my family, my husband and I, we don't have a TV in the entire house. We do not own a TV. That blows people away when they come to our house. But that was an intentional decision. We have reasons for why we've done that. Because we want to limit that piece of technology and that influence in our home. And so don't just think well, we have what we have and we have to limit the minutes that we're spending on it or the content that we're watching, you can also limit the actual devices that enter your home. So that is one particular way to, um, to limit or to influence the impact screens are having on your family. It also can be really helpful, really helpful to model boundaries for, for your kids, absolutely, but even for your husband, your in-laws, anyone who comes into your home, if you personally as an individual do not have great boundaries with your use of screens, it's going to be a lot harder to help anybody else have healthy boundaries. So be intentional about that. Think it through, pray about it. Um, Particularly on your phone, you can look in the settings and see like how much time am I spending on my phone or in any particular app. I mean, you can get all sorts of information. You can set up your internet to only turn on during certain hours of the day. (laughs) Like there are all sorts of tips and tricks that can help you establish boundaries, but you need to be intentional about that. Those things don't just magically turn on because you got the internet. You have to figure out how do we do it? (laughs) You have to set it up. So being intentional about that and modeling that is really meaningful. And one boundary that you may want to model is that it can be really helpful for our families to have screen-free time, like whether that's every Sunday afternoon or in the summer, let's take a whole week. It might be an hour, it might be a day, it might be regular, it might be sporadic, but have some chunks of time that are specifically designated as screen-free. And particularly, maybe a little asterisk here, if anyone in your family is struggling with good quality sleep, then be aware of how much screen time are they getting in those hours before bedtime. You can perfectly well have, you know, a cute little bin in your kitchen. Everyone puts their phone in it before they go to the bedroom or different things like that. That's a chunk of time with a specific screen, but it might have a big impact. So think about when and how could you experiment, if nothing else, with some screen-free time. Another practical tip here, what can you do to limit the impact, particularly the negative impact that screens might be having, 
is to be prepared in advance with plenty of alternative entertainment and leisure options. Like fill your house with books, fill your house with, you know, crayons and paper and whatever it is your kids are into. Um, Get a guitar and take some guitar lessons. I mean, there are all sorts of things that can fill our time without relying on a screen. I know, you know, I mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation today that there is a discount right now in the Love Your People Well Etsy shop. And we have several resources on there specifically about activity ideas (laughs) that do not involve screens. I think in the list, there's one that's 104 at-home activity ideas. I think one of the ideas involves a screen. So if you really want to be screen-free this summer, you've got 103 ideas (laughs) in that resource. But be intentional. This is not likely to go very well if you're only first thinking about it in the moment. In the moment when your kid is like, I'm bored, you're still working, or whatever's happening, I'm bored, what can I do? If you haven't already thought about well, what could you do? What are some activities you could do? It's going to be so much easier and more tempting to say, well, why don't you just sit down and play a video game for 30 minutes or finish that movie you were watching or whatever it is and put them in front of a screen. Now, is that bad every time we do it? Of course not. If that's our only entertainment option, well, now we have a problem. So that is another idea. And then um, I know I mentioned before relationship-wise that Engaging in screen time together, like you're watching a family night movie, it's not the same as other types of family time, but that is a really great way to give everyone some screen time, which they might want, but in a very controlled and shared experience way. You know, then if something awkward pops up on the screen, whether it's an ad or a plot line in the movie or whatever it is, you can talk about it. You know what popped up because you were there. You saw it also. You know why it was awkward or why it was difficult. You can talk about it. You can initiate that awkward conversation. The more that you are together when screen time is happening, the easier it is to lessen some of the possibly negative impacts of that screen time. And then the final tip that I want to highlight here, which is going to, we're going to continue this thought on Friday in our Friday Faith follow-up, but it's really helpful to have some ground rules around um, not just what screen time looks like, what's allowed or not allowed, but around um, visibility. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. And what I mean by visibility is sharing passwords. Do you know your kids' passwords to whatever social media apps they're on? Do you know the passwords to your husband's email? <laughs> There's all sorts of reasons people might not share their passwords, but as a marriage and family therapist, This is always something that we come back to when technology enters the counseling room as an issue. Sharing your passwords, uh, getting some software that helps to monitor or filter what you have access to. These are really practical ways of protecting your family. And they're most helpful if we do them in advance. If you wait until there's a problem, yeah, you can deal with it then. You can get the software. You can share your passwords. But... You also have to deal with the fallout of whatever happened. And there's often at that point, uh, potentially more pushback. You know, if your kids are used to you not ever looking at their phone, not ever sitting behind them while they're playing their video games, you're going to have a higher, uh, higher hill to climb (laughs) to put some of that visibility in place. Now, it's still going to be worth it, 
But the sooner that you do this, typically the easier it is. So this might include, like I said, sharing your passwords, getting some software. Um, this might include things like uh, you can only use your phone, your smartphone in the living room or in a public area. Anytime I want to pick up your phone and look at it, I have permission to do that. You know, there's various rules that you might set in place. Again, yes, for your marriage as well as with your kids. Uh, but like I said, we're going to talk about that a little more um, in a little more detail on Friday in the faith follow-up episode um, to share some specific resources and planning in that world of visibility that I have particularly done in the counseling room with families who are struggling with this. So um, so that might be a particularly helpful, very practical <laughs> follow-up. Uh, make sure that you have subscribed to the podcast in whatever app you're using, because that way on Friday, it'll just pop right up. You don't have to think about it or try to remember it. It'll pop up and you'll say, oh yeah, I did want some specifics on what software is helpful. How do I get that set up and all of that? Um, so we will circle back to this last point, but all of these tips are very practical and very helpful. Not every impact from the screens is negative, but a lot of it can be if we are not intentional. So I hope, my friends, that some of these thoughts have been helpful. Um, and let me remind you, we do have a few earlier episodes about technology and social media, um, and you can get all of this all of the um, points that we talked through today, links to earlier episodes, links to other resources, like some of those things on my Etsy shop, like I mentioned, all of that, the kind of blog post version with tons of links, all of that every week is in the show notes for that week's episode. So today is episode 83. So if you just head to loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 083, you'll get you know, you'll see all of this. It'll be very nicely laid out. You don't have to try to remember, what did Jessica say about that? What episode was it about social media? All of that is in the show notes. It's all in one place. Loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 083. And that is where I will leave you today. My friends, head to the website, tons of resources, tons of good information, and join us back on Friday to continue our conversation about screen time and particularly about how you can protect and, uh, and implement some healthy visibility rules or rhythms or habits for your marriage and your family to protect your home and your loved ones. That is all I have for today. My friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.